0: This is Andy and Hedy coming to you live from Orange County, California. And you got your lion hat on. Look at that. Can you see it? It's oh. bit, it must have a little green. Uh, it's got a little green tint in it. So it's going to be going in and out. It's all right. We're all good. Uh, go to resurrectministry.com where you'll find all of our content. And uh, you'll have an opportunity to uh, message us if you have any questions or prayer requests or uh, just want to let us know a little bit about where you are in your walk. And so. Um, we can tell you a little bit more how God can meet you where you're at. Um, uh, on there also is a donate button. If you want to partner with us and just whatever amount it is that you feel comfortable with, uh, feel free to uh, check that donation button out. That would be amazing. We're working on a, a ministry or two that we may be helping out uh, in the near future. So we're vetting uh, uh, one or two of them now. So how you doing? You like how I just?
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. fantastic. <laughs> I'm sorry my lion hat's not showing.
0: Oh, <laughs> it's all right. It shows up every so often. You move around. It looks kind of cool because it looks like it's like you're you're kind of invisible on in part of the head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friends, make sure and comment and let us know uh, where you're watching from and um, what's on your mind, what you're getting out of the devotional, and if there's any questions you may have for Hetty or, or I about anything that we're doing. Yes. Uh, in addition to uh, the devotional. All right, we're going to be reading from uh, morning by morning, and.
1: Oh, you can see my sparkles too. Oh,
0: nice. Look at that. Oops. I went I went to tomorrow. Here we go. So, uh Morning my mornings written by Charles Spurgeon, uh, we're in, we're at September 29th, of course. The reference is Leviticus 13:13. 13, 13. This I don't know that I've ever heard this one before. I may have read it, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> I didn't see it. And it said, "If the disease has covered his whole body, he shall pronounce that person clean." Charles says, this regulation from Leviticus seems strange to us, yet there is wisdom in it. If someone could overcome a disease at this stage, it proved there was still strength and health in the body. But what is the application of such an unusual teaching for us this morning? We are spiritual lepers and can apply this law for lepers to ourselves. It is only when someone sees himself as totally lost and ruined completely covered with the defilement of sin, with nothing free from its pollution, renouncing any claim of righteousness of his own, and pleading his guilt before the Lord, that he is clean by the blood of Jesus and the grace of God. Hidden, unfelt, and unconfessed sinfulness is the true leprosy. But once sin is acknowledged and felt, it has received its death blow, and the Lord looks with his eyes of mercy on the soul afflicted with it, Nothing is more deadly than self-righteousness or more hopeful than sorrow, sorrowful remorse. We must confess that we are covered with sin, for no confession short of this will be the whole truth. If the Holy Spirit is truly at work in us, convicting us of sin, we will have no problem making such an admission. In fact, it will flow spontaneously from our lips. Mm. With a what a great comfort our text affords those who are under a deep sense of their sin, sin mourned and confessed. No matter how dark and foul, will never shut out someone from the Lord Jesus. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Although as dishonest as a thief, as unchaste as uh, unchaste as the woman caught in adultery, as sinister as Saul of Tarsus, as cruel as Manasseh. Manasseh uh, and his and as rebellious as the prodigal son, the great heart of love will look upon the person who sees nothing but sickness within himself and shall pronounce that person clean when he trusts in Jesus crucified. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened with sin. Come needy, come guilty, come loathsome and bare. You can't come too filthy. Come just as you are. That's pretty cool.
1: Pretty cool. came for us today too.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to start?
1: With uh, my new friend that I met at, um, cheer. It is, I I was confronted with a very perplexing issue. We were drawn to this couple and, uh, she told me her story today. And I just, uh, so, you know, she's covered in tattoos. Her husband is too. They've had a very hard life, gangs, drugs abuse just all kinds of difficulty and she i think at the root of it there's some disconnect there's some other trauma i think that um she didn't share with me but that she has this profound love for god has seen god move in her life was in the church for over a decade but doesn't believe in jesus crucified Mm -hmm. and uh Combine that with now meeting the brother of Stan Frisby, was Lonnie Frisby's brother, who started the Vineyard Churches and was part of the Jesus Movement of the 70s, uh, quite famous on the move of the spirit and signs and miracles, wonders. And I'm just meditating on how and why the Lord has brought Stan in our lives and what he said about our meeting. And then when he attended, it was something totally different. Like he had envisioned that we'd have very, very rough people. <laughs> it's so funny. We have Yorva Lindens for the most part. <laughs> uh, that he we would have very rough people. And I, and I tell you, and he wanted me to watch this, he wanted us to watch this video of Lonnie's life. And it struck me as I was watching it that the Lord gave me a vision of the ministry early on, which was stadiums filled with people exactly as Stan describes. Mm. And that the Lord said to me repeatedly, you will stand in the gap for these people. And, and so now I'm struck by the confluence of all of these influences coming in our lives and not knowing where it's going. But all I know about her, uh, about my new friend is that she said, you know, I, I never tell people the thing I just, what I just told you, because everybody argues with me. And she's like, I just can't explain it. And I said, listen, you are where you are. And I, and, uh, I'm not judging you for that. And I just, she's just on my heart now. And I'm just, I'm just grasping with the, the way Spurgeon describes this, that, it, that you love people no matter what they're covered in. You know, you have to love like Jesus loved. That's how he cured people with seven demons like Mary Magdalene. That's how he cured leprosy is that, and of course, not only being the God man, but what he was teaching us was um, you love in this, in this, unbelievable way that draws people to repentance Mm. and realizing that they need jesus as their savior
0: well she fits right into our mission statement yes of the people that we we want to meet people where they're at right no no matter what no matter where they are in this this walk with with god yes just really interesting yes Again, we can. We every day seems to connect. There's like little puzzles. You know what I feel like? You know, you were talking about this. I don't know if you're talking about it at dinner or during a prayer, but um, that it's still a kind of a mystery of what uh, God is really asking us to do. And I feel like now, just at this very moment, it came to me that we. I feel like um, one of those puzzles. This this yeah. very as. It's very complicated. It's like a like a the
1: giant jigsaw. Like what? It's,
0: like it's, it's a picture of a bush that is very similar, no matter where you have the puzzle piece, and it makes it very difficult to put that kind of puzzle together.
1: Yes.
0: And it's the little tiny puzzle pieces.
1: Yeah, like the five thousand <laughs> pieces puzzle of a bush.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's only red, green, and orange. Yes. And that's all it is. It's just all these red, green, and orange uh, uh, petals. They're or not petals, but leaves. Um. Wow. I don't know. That just kind of like popped into my head that we're, 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 we're on the corners where you normally start a puzzle (laughs) and the edges.
1: I I get frustrated and give up. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's also interesting that in this mix of, of people, um, Stan and his brother, um, Lonnie. Lonnie. Oh my God. And, um, And then Jack Hibbs and the the circle of people that were were kind of like the whole Calvary Chapel movement that we seem to have little connections to. And one of those is Phil Aguilar, who a a very controversial figure in the city of Anaheim, (laughs) where as a police officer, we were essentially, um, we call it code fighting, where you would it's uh, on a stakeout where you're in undercover vehicles watching people within our community, and at different times in my career, uh, you know, we would be watching him, who is this spiritual leader or, or religious leader in the city of Anaheim, and I think it also got into like Buena Park and uh, Orange. It's I believe a set free movement. Set free, uh, where they were buying up a whole bunch of houses. And you saw nothing but Hell's Angels and uh, other types of motorcycle gangs and criminals and ex-cons. And that's the type of people he surrounded himself with. Which is what that
1: Stan thought he saw us doing. Which <laughs> yeah. is very different from Jeff on, which is very different than what we have right now, for sure.
0: But isn't it funny that now, all these years later, all of a sudden, yes. now I have this weird I mean, not direct kind of but this but connection with no, Phil Agular. It's, it's weird. And even with our friend early on, you met uh, a friend of mine in the dog world, her, her and I Jackie. had dinner, Jackie. Um, She's we, also from the gym. She was from Set Free. Oh, yeah. She was very much deep into Set Free wow. with Phil Aguilar. And, and, and so it, it's, it's interesting we got these pieces of the puzzle connecting we're we're seemingly surrounded by very similar uh by people that come from a a a centralized um portion of the religious area here in between costa mesa calvary chapel vineyard which was in anaheim and these these people
1: well interesting yeah and i mean this is so i had a vision um early on to create a film called meeting jesus in la which was supposed to be about my story and a couple of my friends. One was Glenn, one's Mariama, one's Nagin, but that the Lord had put in my heart to tell the story of thousands and thousands of young people that came to Christ in this new Jesus movement. Mm -hmm. So it's similar to something that Glenn Laurie has been doing through Harvest talking about the Jesus revolution of the past that he was a part of in the seventies. And so, what I'm thinking as these pieces come together is that we would be expecting another Jesus movement in L.A. And that, that wouldn't be surprising in Southern California. It wouldn't be surprising to me since Jack is connected to that because he's part of that history. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's how he got saved in the 70s, you know, with all the hippies and in Chuck Smith's church. So. It's uh, good, uh, just exciting. Sorry, we we're just talking yeah. out loud, folks, but there's just some really cool stuff happening in Southern California.
0: It, it, it's all happening just like as we're speaking. This, yes. All this kind of stuff is just uh, really coming our way and it's a little bit overwhelming, uh, especially the issues, not the issues, the, the just the, the, the memories of following Phil Aguilar around and some of his motorcycle gang and criminals that he used to surround himself with. It's just so odd. Uh, Kate wants to know why you're flashing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am wearing my daughter's cheer t-shirt that has bling on it. And so it's making this funny reception on the t- screen. Yeah, it? we're using a
0: green screen 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 technology, which is what is behind us. It's actually green behind us, but you're seeing the picture. That's and so in these gold colors is a hint of green, obviously. So it's causing it to flicker. I kind of like it, actually.
1: It looks kind of cool.
0: <laughs> Very cool. All right, what does Carrie have to say?
1: Jesus said he came for the sinners, not the righteous. So feeling righteous is not a good thing. Yeah. And it's, and I gotta tell you, there's this sense of uncomfortableness that you get when you're around um people that aren't quite saved. You know, there's this, this kind of uneasiness, like, oh, how much do I say? How much do I not say? What do I hold back? And uh it's just it's a it's a difficult spot to be in because. You you're trying to plant seeds, but you know that it's up to the Lord to 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 water them, and you you don't know how much receptivity is there or not, so uh, it leaves us guessing.
0: Really does speak to um, the idea that that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, will will move you out of out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, for sure. You
0: being from Beverly Hills, me being a police officer the people that we typically surround ourselves with are not convicts (laughs) and gang members and that kind of stuff. And yet at our house, we've had, um, not just in the, um, uh, the worship night that we have here at our house, but, uh, friends of our children and that we welcome them all and, uh, been confronted with, uh, friends that they've made and gone, that's an interesting choice of friends. Um, but we love them all. And it's, um, there, There is a, a little bit of like an uncomfortableness, but not as much as I thought there would be.
1: No, and that's something that Lonnie talked about because he was accused of being a homosexual and he, uh, I, I haven't heard the whole story. They just refer to it in bits and pieces, but one of the guys was saying he absolutely, when he was saved and became a new man, he was not a homosexual. So maybe there was something in the past, but he was encouraging people at the time you can't tell homosexuals they can't come to the church. They have nowhere else to go. You Mm -hmm. have to welcome them because where else are they gonna hear about Jesus? And so I could see that too, where, you know, they had a very large, they had a very large gay community inside the church. How that would makes, yeah. How that would make some people uncomfortable. But again, you are trying to draw them to Jesus. You're not changing your message. You're speaking the truth. But what you're trying to do is give them a feeling of being loved. And so what the Lord had put on my heart this evening, which I'll do after we get off this devotional, is just to text Steph and say, just know that you are loved. I just want you to know that you are loved. And I I don't know what kind of impact that has. I'm just going to trust the Holy Spirit. I'm going to just do it in faith. But... I just see the power that I saw with with um, our daughter Zara. That is just it, the the power of love and and grace and forgiveness to draw people closer to Jesus is is unpredictably amazing.
0: Mm. You know, it's funny. You just brought me back to a, a memory that somebody that was in my life some years ago uh, got upset that uh, the church uh, that we were going to invited um, you know people that were homosexual, gay to the church. Said, "We, you know, you're welcome here." And she went, like, "What? What, do they, what kind of message is that?" And I said, "What are you talking about? If if you can't invite them, then nobody can come to this church."
1: Right, because they may be wearing their sin a little more obviously. Yeah. but there's a whole lot of people in here the, doing.
0: The church would be empty if it...
1: <laughs> you didn't have sinners <laughs> in it. You
0: couldn't be in this church.
1: And that's what, you, that's what Spurgeon is saying. That if we can't confess that we are covered in sin, right, then we're doomed.
0: Absolutely absolutely cindy joy says
1: agreed love people where they're at and let the holy spirit draw them in all people love is the key that's beautiful thank you thank you for affirming that for me
0: look at this news carrie
1: was in the chuck smith jesus movement i love that i just there's this nexus to those folks and maybe it's because we live in this area but um and carrie lives a little bit farther out but it's it, it the history and Pastor Jack talks about this all the time. It's steeped in the history of Christ in Southern California. Hmm. It's just, it is, um, it is part of the legacy of this of this part of California, and I think that that legacy and that that spirit continues to influence um, us till today.
0: Carrie, did you show, show up to church with uh, flowers in your hair and bell bottoms and hairy armpits. She says she was a peach oh. baby. <laughs>
1: Beach baby. So your mom and dad and mom and or dad were hippies. (laughs) So she was just like a a, a barefoot baby. Yeah. (sighs)
0: Um, I want to read the second part, uh, if that's okay with you, my love. Okay. Uh, Jim Ryman's part of this uh, devotion. We don't always read it, but uh, I, I really liked what he had to say. Acknowledgement of sin is the first step to spiritual health. For until we recognize our need, we will never go to the only one who can truly cleanse us. This is why believers are told, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all right unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar. And his word has no place in our lives. And to walk in the light of spiritual health, his word must have its proper place in our lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think the reason I, I really kind of. with first John. 1-7. I connected with this because it reminds me of what I talked about on, on Sunday. That I, I brought up things from my past. And, uh, you know, and and still, you know, you know, talked about that, you know, although my heart is a more fertile crop soil, (laughs) that, you know, there's still things that we're working through. And uh, I think that that's important that when I'm, when I or you or anybody else is giving a message to somebody else's that we, we, we admit to them that we are not sinless. And I, I think that's the. That's the idea that so many people try to use against Christians. So often Hypocrites is that you, you know, you're a Christian, but yet you still do this. I know. I I know. I'm trying not to. (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm working progress, but to be able to sit there in front of people that, you know, you know, especially in this um, church that we're developing in our house is that they, 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 they have to know that this is a safe place, that we need to talk about, you know, what it is we're going through if we're going to, you know, be able to help each other out.
1: Carry Uh, each other's burdens.
0: Right. Uh, Carrie said, hot pants.
1: Hot pants, I love it. (laughs) The spandexy, shiny, like fuchsia kind that we used to wear roller skating too. I love the roller skating days. Kate says, Salvation belongs to God. And when Noah built the ark, it was God who sent the clean and unclean animals to Noah to be saved. We just have to preach and obey his call. God does the choosing. Amen. Mm-hmm. And he's done the choosing before the foundations of the earth. So uh, we, we have no idea what that is.
0: Hmm. So much stuff going through my head. I'm trying to keep it all together here because I could go rambling on. Let's um, should we go right to the scripture. Sure. We'll go start with Leviticus thirteen thirteen.
1: Then the priest shall consider and behold, if the leprosy has covered all his flesh, he shall pronounce him clean that had the plague. It is all turned white. It is all turned white. He is clean. And that's a dramatic thing, you know, where it's, if it covers your whole body and then you're made clean, then you're purified. It's just, it's dramatic. It's deep. Uh, John 637, it's reaching the end of yourself. You know, when his Spurgeon's applying it to, to us, he's like, it's when you've just reached the end of knowing i am i am nothing i am just a sinner and you could receive jesus and the holy spirit with a purity of heart mm-hmm. uh, when you reach the end of yourself right john 6:37 all those the father gives me will come to me there we have it and whoever comes to me i will never drive away amen John 8, 3 through 11. So it's a story of uh, the woman caught in adultery. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand up before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. How did they actually catch her in the act? That's a whole other story. In the law, of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. Some believe he was writing their sins. Mm -hmm. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard to go went away one at a time. The older ones first. Until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. There's something really powerful of that too, right? Uh, Neither do I condemn you. So she's already condemned by her own conviction of sin, you know, that she's reached the end of her. She's about to be stoned. And he says, now go and leave your life of sin. So go and sin no more, Mm -hmm. you know, that you are made new. Uh, Acts 9, 11. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. (laughs) They were really scared to go to Saul's house. They were just like, that's the guy that kills Christians. Like, why are we going to his house? It was really hard for the apostles to accept him uh two kings twenty one through one eighteen a horrible story of King Manasseh, but it reminds me of modern times and this is a, this is one of the vers- these are this is one of the passages that people bring up about child sacrifice and how that um, spirit still lives on the earth today, and that's why we have such a problem with abortion mm-hmm. child sacrifice, basically. Manasseh was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned in jerusalem fifty five years. his mother's name was Hiziba. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had destroyed. His father Hezekiah was righteous. And then he also erected altars to Baal and made an Asherah pole, as Ahab king of Israel had done. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped worshiped them. He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem I will put my name. In the two courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his own son in the fire, practiced divination, sought omens, consulted medians and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, arousing his anger. He took the carved Asherah pole he had made and put it in the temple, of which the Lord had said to David and to his son Solomon, in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites wander from the land of their ancestors, if only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them and will keep the whole law that my servant Moses gave them. But the people did not listen. Manasseh led them astray, and so they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord said through his servants, the prophets. God does nothing on the earth without telling the prophets first. Manasseh, king of Judah, that's
0: hmm. in the Bible. Manasseh, king of
1: Judah, had committed these detestable sins. He has done more evil than the Amorites who preceded him and has led Judah into sin with his idols. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God Israel, says. I am going to bring such disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. I will stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will forsake the remnant of my inheritance and give them into the hands of the enemies. They will be looted and plundered by all their enemies. They have done evil in my eyes and have aroused my anger from the day their ancestors came out of Egypt until this day. Moreover, Manasseh also shed much innocent blood that he had filled Jerusalem from end to end, besides the sin that he had caused Judah to commit, so that they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. As for the other events of Manasseh's reign and all he did, including the sin he committed, are they not written in the book of the annals of the king of Judah? Manasseh rested with his ancestor and was buried in his palace garden, the garden of Uzzah, and Amon his son, succeeded him as king. And when he destroyed the temple and took them captive for the Babylon, God wiped Israel like a dish. Wow. God's word always comes to pass. Story nice. of the prodigal. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came to the house, he heard the music and the dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became so angry and refused to go in. His father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered, father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you were always with me and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Hmm. We studied this a lot, but I think in the context of this, it's just, I think it's teaching us about the heart to have towards the lost as kind of our theme tonight. Yep. And, And it doesn't lessen the, the blessing upon the son that stays. So those that are walking with Christ and are disciplined for years upon years, blessing and welcoming a prodigal does not mean that the son that didn't leave and disobey um, is any less blessed.
0: This will happen in families that have uh, you know more than one child. One of the children is, you know, straight A student and gets a job, never gets, 16, in, trouble. Never gets in trouble. And, uh, you know, you see him in the morning, hey, Johnny, or Sally, whatever. You know I don't want to be preferential between boy and girl. But, you know, you see, you know, you see them and you say, oh, you're, you know, they're always dressed, you never have to remind them to brush your teeth, they're just always doing their thing. And you, you're just happy, you maybe give them a hug and a kiss and send them off to school. Yeah, the other child who's, you know, you got to wake them up, and then they go uh, to school and they get nothing forget their their backpack. They forget their backpack <laughs> and uh, and, you know, they're just, uh, you know, a little bit of trouble and uh, and maybe even get into drinking and maybe some drugs and that kind of stuff. And you're having to go bail them out and you know pick them up late at night because they're drunk somewhere. Um, but that one night where they make a, possibly a good decision or something comes out of, you know, out, out of the badness, they realize that they're in trouble and, and they they've changed their ways. And then you as a parent who you've troubled over them and you've been so um worried about them night after night after night that you will it is it is I could see this where you quite quite possibly would be like, Oh my gosh, let's you know let's buy them a car, let's you know, get them clothes and you start you, you know, for sure, you start, you're just so happy that they're no longer lost. Yeah. And the kid who's been like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> You know, I, I show up every day, and you've never done this for me. But it could be very much the, the same thing. I, I see the how same this could happen. As the Heavenly Father, wow! It's, it's, it's the
1: same as the story of the ninety nine. How uh, the Lord says, as a shepherd, you run off to find the one goat, a uh, sheep that's stuck in the ravine. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean you love the ninety nine any less. But God doesn't want one to disappear, right? If, well, of course, with, with parents who only have a limited number of sheep, you don't want any of them to go astray. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Matthew.
1: And Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest.
0: Words to live by, folks. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we take naps yes. when we're weary. <laughs> uh, so
1: let's see, back we missed. Where did we go? Uh, we did Kate and Kate Mary's carries. Um oh. We are being forgiven and covered by Jesus moment by moment. Amen. Carrie's pondering. Mm -hmm. And Lisa's finally got here again. Hello, Lisa. And Kate Mary says the ark was a place of safety. They were saved and cared for. And after the flood, we're given a brand new life and a new fresh beginning. This represents what happens when we come to Jesus. Yes. God chooses the sinner. They come to him and are cared for and protected. Then they are sent out into a new life to produce.
0: Oh nice. Jan missed uh, missed the notification.
1: Yes. I was I was mentioning you earlier, Jan.
0: Yeah, set your ringer a little bit louder there, Jan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um oh man, I had a question for you. The about arc. the arc. No. No. No.
1: My friend um Kathy was saying she was listening to us, and I asked her the question about like, does this make sense on the podcast? Like when we're talking about somebody and then we say so-and-so said so-and-so. She's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. And so I was, I was happy to hear that. Really? Yes. Okay. Oh, and then she she reminded me that I mistakenly said we were in the Ezekiel study when we are in the Zechariah study. So <laughs> the story of the four horses is Zechariah 1, not Ezekiel.
0: I get Ezekiel and Zechariah mixed up all the time. Do you? Yeah. And Psalms and... And proverbs? and proverbs i always get those confused <laughs> which is which um i was gosh darn it i wish i could remember i was going to ask you a question oh. um, the article today well i'm trying to bring up the article too um think of something about your brother oh you is it okay to talk about that you've had some dreams sure and some and some thoughts do you um, see any correlation between any of what we're talking about tonight? and
1: Lord brought it to my heart again today. Oh, really? <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, you know, we're about to settle my father's estate. So maybe that's going to be the opportunity in which there is a conversation. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just need to be prayerful about it.
0: And so the reason I, I, I was kind of thinking about it, not, not just now, but I think that during our last devotional, but I didn't say anything. Is that you have some thoughts that uh, he he watches our devotionals? Yes. Do you, do you ever? I
1: love you, no, John.
0: <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, I was think, I was like I said, we got a little bit late the last time, but I wanted to, to know would, would there be anything that you would um, say to him now that you might not say when you guys are in the same place together, or does it matter?
1: Well, I mean. The, the most important is not what I would say, but what the Lord would say, because I know um, he loves what he what he believes to be God and that he's sincere in that love and what he thinks to be Jesus, that I just pray that the Lord reveals the real Jesus to him. And it's interesting because he put on my heart yesterday mm-hmm. that if I got the opportunity to just say to him, what do you think happened on the cross? Huh? Um, and that maybe if I can get him to articulate, it was his body, but Judas's soul that I'd be like, doesn't that sound silly to you? Like I'd be able to, cause if you can convince a Muslim about the cross, it's, it's match game set with game match. What is it called? It, you won because that's the, that's the stumbling block to faith. And, and to my friend today, um, Jesus as the God man. Like, so you could believe God can create the heavens and the earth. God could have immaculate conception. God can bring the end times and Jesus can fight again, but can't accept that Jesus was God. I mean, why, why limit God? And I, and I think that's just a, you know, the, the Lord has to open their ears to understand and has to open their eyes to see and their Mm -hmm. heart to receive. Because when you have that much faith, but there's a block right there, um, you just have to pray for that to be opened. I mean, you could talk a little bit, but I don't know how much talking is going to fix that.
0: Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Lisa wants to know where the card is. Oh, yeah, we I, had so
1: much to talk about. We didn't <laughs> bust out the cards.
0: I look for it when I hit the play, the, the go live button, and oh. then I realized it's way over there, and I, it was too late for me to get up. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, that's all right. Yeah, uh, Carrie says, Proverbs is hard to sing, Andy. <laughs>
1: that's a good way to remember it.
0: Yes. Lisa says? Uh,
1: how interesting. I didn't know about the Muslim faith in Jesus. Thank you for educating me. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. I um, Probably a lot of our listeners are tired of me talking about that because occasionally <laughs> we have Muslims come on and we talk about it a lot about the difference but um I've written a, a number of articles too that are on my website about it
0: yeah I don't I don't ever get tired of hearing about it because no? it seems like when you talk about uh, one aspect uh and even though I've heard you talk about maybe um, I don't know your just your walk just how you got there I I, I always seem to hear something new oh Uh, something different comes out of it so I I don't I don't mind it Uh, and really the show is all about us
1: (laughs) (laughs) How unfortunate for our listeners
0: (laughs) well Carrie says she's not tired at all
1: oh thank you (laughs)
0: um
1: well actually you know we had our show today and we talked about it was a prophetic update and we talked about all of the the red heifers and the uh two-state solution being brought up yet again and then the with the controversy all the the bloodshed in Iran. And, uh, we prayed for, um, Iranian people, both in the United States and around the world that, uh, one to understand and have empathy for Muslim women that are still oppressed by the head cover and, uh, being a, a safe place for them to talk about how difficult that may be as a way of helping them come to freedom in Christ, but also, uh, evangelizing to them, that they're they're fertile soil because Islam has so oppressed people in Iran that they're looking for um, freedom, just pure and simple. They talk about it on the news. Oh, they want human rights. They want freedom. Well, there's no greater freedom than being set free from Islam into Christ.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, another... Area that if I get you all know, caught up in it, I'll go on and on. But it's just so strange that we have an administration that wants to do business with them it. it wants to give them back what uh, the last president And took literally
1: away. the entire world hates that idea, literally. <laughs> yes. The entire Arab world hates that idea. And I mean, the, the mm. nailing a hijab to people's, to women's head. Can, I, how can you, as a free country, Condone that and yet call us Christians terrorists. Like, what, how hypocritical is that that you would say that we deserve to be called names? Extremists. Extremists. <laughs> but people who are literally extremists, violent terrorists and extremists, you want to do business with. Calling good evil and evil good. Just, End times.
0: And they, they're not even shy about it. No. It is really, really interesting. Uh, where are we at? Question, Carrie says.
1: Hedia, why would women be Muslims since they had no standing with their God? Well, the story is that God loves you so much he's covering you. It is supposed to be a blessing. It's supposed to be a covering. It's supposed to be protection. And this is what my friends would say to me because I had a huge problem with the hijab. I I hated wearing it the whole time I wore it. Like every, every day I woke up, I would tell my friends, I was like, I I can't do this another day. And they'd be like, no, it's great. And God loves you. And I mean, they carried me 22 years. I managed to pull it off until that's when it just broke. And it's so interesting to me that that's the connection. That's where the Lord met me. You know, that's how I left Islam was that break. And uh, so I think women, it's so ingrained in you that this is what you do that they just don't, um, they don't believe there's another way unless there is a call in their hearts that says there's got to be another way. This can't be, this can't be what God wants for me.
0: I ask the same thing all the time. Like I just don't understand how you can allow that to happen to yourself. But there is...
1: Well, I mean, you, we've got to also accept that, I mean, with all due respect to family members of mine, of 99% of which are all Muslims, anything that is not of the Lord is of the devil, I'm sorry to say. So there is a strong demonic influence over it, just like any other cult, where you're, you, you look at people that have come out of some of those cults and you're like, why in the world would you have accepted that? I mean, I had my therapist tell me that would be like, I don't understand. You seem like an intelligent person. And I said, I can't explain it to you, except if you understand the power of a demonic influence on a life, then it makes sense because it's something otherworldly. It's something beyond you, just like God's beyond us. You know, uh, it's beyond our understanding. My ways are greater than your ways. You, you know, I'm not a man that I should lie. My, you know, my ways are higher than your ways. Uh, same with Demons, you know they have a power. They have a supernatural power. So we may not be able to physically explain why we would agree to such a thing, but there's a, such a heavy demonic influence. It keeps people captive.
0: Hmm. Well, not not to compare you to what I'm about to say, but <laughs> there are many Yale, Harvard graduates who believe socialism is amazing because they now they've got caught up into this the school system that uh has convinced them of of so many things that the country's evil uh that um that socialism is good that um
1: well it's kind of what my friend kept saying i can't wrap my mind around it and i said stop trying to wrap your mind around it open your heart to it oh so you know what i mean it's the it's wanting to intellectualize everything and so they intellectualize why am i not this system sounds good so we're not asking you to what you think this is about your heart posture. And that's why uh, externally, we can't change somebody's heart posture. We could prompt them to want to change their own heart posture. Mm. But they have to change their heart posture. To, uh, Jesus says, I stand at the door knocking, and who lets me in, I will dine with him. But he stands at the door knocking. He, he doesn't barge in. He doesn't take one of those, like, what are those things called with the SWAT team? Rammer bars? Yeah, yeah he doesn't take one of those. You know what I mean? He'll stand. He's a gentleman. He'll stand at the door knocking.
0: Mm. Um, let's see. Where are we? Uh, Lisa says.
1: I'm sad that right now things are so critical. We have no leadership in our country and things are dire. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Oh, we don't even, I mean, that's not even half (laughs) of (laughs) it.
1: You, do you know what you know until you know something different? Well, I knew something different, so I didn't grow up that way, so I have no excuse. And that's the thing about Iran, too. None of those people grew up that way either. Uh, Iran was a very open country. It was considered the south of France or the Middle East. And that's why I think it's been so hard for so many people to digest it, other than the demonic pressure to keep a lid on it. But the new generation that was born into the revolution, they said, are more wild and more messed up than any generation in the history of Iran. They're drug addicts, they're on heroin, they're transgender, they're involved in so much debauchery because the demonic push on them is just leading them to a life of sin because they just, they have no outlet. Otherwise,
0: well, they're being forced on this sort of religion of uh, a god, and so they want to go away from anything related to the god, yes, because they, they think it's the same, yes, and um, uh, and so it's just a dramatic removal from that. Um, he says, and meanwhile, socialism
1: in the history of the world has never worked, right? Which is why I can't wrap my brain around anybody's intelligent argument for it, yes. Well, and it's also connected to American arrogance. We always think we could do things better. Oh, those were, those were uh, the uh, peasants. They don't know how to do it right, but we will do socialism right here in America. Or they don't believe the lie at all. They just want power. Like Klaus, that, that weirdo, Klaus yeah. Schwab. He doesn't believe that socialism is good. He's the diametrical opposite of socialism, but he wants to put it on other people so he has minions. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants to create a a working class, a proletariat to serve him and his buddies.
0: A greater separation, a separation (laughs) from the elites to the the lower. Yes, that was awesome.
1: Open your heart. Yes. Uh, That's good. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Lisa says, I I mean, that's what the Lord gave me to say to her because she just kept saying, can't wrap my mind around it. I'm like, who's talking about your mind? Nobody wants to talk to your mind. (laughs) Your mind is weak. Yeah. (laughs) oh Deceptively wicked. Mm-hmm. um How do you explain things so well? It's such a blessing to be back on your broadcast. And Andy's questions are always in my head. <laughs> oh That's great, thank you. Return of the gods, small g. Yes. Yeah. Thanks to the Carter administration, Persia lost. Yeah, badly, <laughs> badly. Hell is paved with good intentions. House yeah. Schwab is definitely one of the Antichrist little minions. Yes,
0: yeah, for sure. Oh, really. So um I've been doing some research, some uh Hetty and I have been doing some investigative work on the teachers unions, and we're um I I have been able to connect all of the teachers' unions between the NEA, the CTA, uh, which NEA is the Nat- National Educator Association. CTA is the California Teachers Association, and then you have a whole bunch of little ones that are within mm-hmm. California. They are all the same. It is one cabal, is what I'm calling it. I, I now have a name. It's the teachers union cabal, which is a criminal enterprise to sexualize our kids, to destroy their minds and to um, to essentially destroy the nuclear family. um, All in one organization. And they are all connected. There is no disconnect between any of them. Um, And so in that research, Hedia um, did uh, wrote an article. Uh, It's uh, on the Christian Post right now. I'm going to put it in. I believe I already cut it. Yep, uh, the article uh, link is now in the chat. You should be able to see it whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn is a little bit. Oh no, it's back up. LinkedIn is back on, um, Twitch and uh, and uh, Twitter, I believe, is going to get it. But click on that link and read the article. Um, it is a barn burner. So far, I think it's gonna. It's one of my favorites. She read it to me the other day. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what your article about? It's more than what I just spoke about. What I'm interested in, uh, you brought it to. To Jesus, of course.
1: Yes, it's all about Jesus everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, and every road leads back to Jesus. Uh, so basically, I exposed this connection that Andy had pointed me to about what they were teaching, and I and I provided links to it that were just horrifying, just the most disgusting, diabolically evil material that they're producing for kids. And the teachers walk around with QR codes uh, that the kids can scan. And it says, I'm here as if I'm a safe space. And then the QR code leads them to all of these horrific material about sexual, deviant sexual behavior. It is not sex ed. It is not, Oh, love and a man and a woman. And this is, you know, what these parts do. It is completely deviant um, sexual practices, things that even Andy as a sex crime detective had not heard of me. I absolutely had never heard of it. Uh, so What I did was I connected that to the Nazarite vow, what the Lord has been walking me through. The book that I read, The Nazarite DNA, Hmm. was written by uh, Lou Engel, who is in this video that Stan sent us to watch today. So Lou (laughs) was was a student of uh, Lonnie Frisbee. (laughs) This is part of me and Annie's jigsaw puzzle that we're putting together. Yes, yes, absolutely
0: nuts. Wild.
1: And so uh, Lou Ingalls um, basically created a version of the American Nazarite, which was the Nazarite vow was that they were not supposed to drink or touch anything made from grapes, from the vine. They were not to cut their hair and they were not to go next to anything unclean. And the point was that they would live a life that was accountable. They would sanctify themselves unto the Lord. They felt a deep desire to be um, in service of the Lord. And they knew that that required extra work. They knew that that required extra devotion, not in the Pharisee sense, not not in a legalist sense, but their devotion to God and drawing closer to him in their practices made it easier for them to hear from the Lord and basically to get their marching orders. Again, I compare it to like Navy SEAL training. It's like, Hmm. I'm not going, I don't want to go to junior college. I'm not going to community college. I'm going to Harvard and Yale. And then I'm training to become a SEAL. Like it's or I want to, you know, train to be a neuroplastic surgeon, a neurosurgeon, you know, it's just, it's going to that extra degree um, to achieve something. And for the Nazarite, they did that because they wanted to be, so the modern day interpretation of not going next to anything unclean and the intoxicants and not cutting the hair was that that they would be publicly accountable for their actions. In other words, they expected to be held to account for their piety and their righteousness so that they could lead others uh, to the Lord and basically moving nations. The idea was that they were going to pray and intercede on behalf of large swaths of people so that there would be um, a turning uh, from the Lord hearing the prayer of these devout people. And so uh, Samson was a Nazarite, the prophet Saul was a Nazarite, John the Baptist was a Nazarite. And um, there are several recordings, there's two in particular, where Paul had taken a Nazarite vow as well after he had become a believer. So he is a New Testament Nazarite. Mm-hmm. And so I basically said, where are the American Nazarites? Because I don't see how we get ourselves out of this mess uh, without a sanctified remnant that stands in the gap for our children, our families, our, our communities.
0: Wow. it's a great article. Thank you. Never. Whoa, yes. what's happening oh, now? <laughs> Sorry, we see some comments here that are a little odd, but we'll we'll show you. I don't think there's anything bad in them. Um Lisa says.
1: Going to repost that article on my social media. Thank you, Lisa. Jan loves the article. Thank you, Jan.
0: And then Max Maximus
1: has some has some
0: weird, odd things here. Yes. <laughs> anybody could if anybody could translate, let us know. Uh Lisa says.
1: Got to learn about the Nazarite. Thanks. Yes, please do. The Nazarite DNA is like a 30 page book. It's so awesome, but there is some uh, material online about it too.
0: Got to learn Lisa says. Wow. Um, That sounds like something that maybe we will be led to.
1: We are already. That's what the Lord drew. That's why the Lord drew me to it.
0: I think this is why the Lord drew me to this, this drive I have to bring down the teacher's union. Yes. And uh, so, men.
1: and Lou Engle's drive was to end abortion. So he did mm. a whole bunch of uh, walks and movements and is still very involved in it because the Lord had put that burden on his heart to get rid of abortion. And now he's, he's seen the fruit of that. He, he, is, he didn't do it by himself. He's just saying that, you know, it, it needs prayer for people. Everybody, everybody who participated in that pro-life mo- movement, every prayerful person, you know, from the smallest to the biggest, um, led to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. It was a couple of judges on a bench, but it's it's the, that, that intercession. And so um, I think we're very conscious of our public accountability and that's what's expected of a Nazarite. And they have this burden on their heart to do um, God's will on the earth and to draw other people to to do the same.
0: Would you come on the to the man podcast to explain more about the the yeah. yeah,
1: sure. On the man podcast, yes,
0: you're really? you're allowed. Oh, okay. I I know somebody you that, know he, that can get you on the show. Okay. Yes. What's uh, what are they saying there?
1: Uh, Jan said his son really liked the article. Oh, good. He said Jan's son had taken the Nazarite vow. So oh, that's one awesome. day we're gonna one day we're gonna hear about that journey of his. Yes. Yeah. Next time Jan's gonna try to bring him. Awesome. Uh, Michael said, listening and learning. Thank you, Michael. I, so tell me if any of you had heard of this Nazarite vow before, because I literally hadn't heard about it s- except like three weeks ago. So if anybody else, other than Jan, because Jan did, because our son did it. But if anybody else, I'd be curious to know. And Lisa said, Andy, did you read my thought about you running for senator or congressman? Gotta do what you gotta do. Or mayor. So you can affect the community and your children quickly. We've thought about that. We've thought about that. Um yeah, I I think also the time will open up when the kids get older. Mm. You know, I think you're you're very devoted to the children, which is an important. It's our first ministry is the children. But um, and maybe when the school board when Leandra's seat opens up or
0: maybe who knows? I, I feel I I thought a lot about this. I, I feel like what I'm really kind of getting into now is a little bit of a a little bit of a, a groove of researching and then reporting on and interviewing people that my, niche. My, my my voice in something related to what it is that's going on now may be more useful.
1: Well, I'll tell because you.
0: It, because it seems like I've, I've been able to have a little part of the different school board members that are coming in and yes. maybe even a city council member that's uh, coming.
1: And that discussion happens at coffee tables and restaurants across D.C. every day everyone's like to do more in government or out of government in government out of government uh-huh. because there's there is pros and cons to each you get in the government you become a cog to the wheel there's just so much uh, shenanigans you can pull because you become part of a system and people always um grapple with am i more effective on the outside so every time so like in dc i told you when your administration, when you're a Republican or Democrat, when your administration is no longer in power, you go to a think tank. And when your administration comes back into power and everybody's sitting around going like, oh my God, am I going to get appointed? Am I going to go to a new spot? You're like, oh, but do I want to leave this think tank? Like I have a perch in which I get out information and I, and I go and I talk to Congress people and I'm able to affect them. Do I really want to go in and just be a cog in the wheel? Mm-hmm. So I could see that you would find a calling in being outside the
0: system. it is uh, funny when I will, now when I talk to late Leandra Blades, now there are certain things she can't talk about where she used to be able to talk about. (laughs) And I go, I don't want to be like that. I want to be able to talk about whatever I want. Um, And and, uh, so-
1: I noticed that too on this broadcast. (laughs) Because that becomes very difficult. And that's what the whistleblower Kyle was talking about. He was saying that, you know, you are in a system and you're given an order. And he says, we spend a day at the Holocaust Museum to say an order does not mean you're allowed to disobey your conscience yes, or the so law. Important. Um, and he says, I just had to stop doing that. I just couldn't do that anymore. And so that's the same thing with being, I like to be able to stand outside and say, Jesus is calling us to this, that we are Christians. This is a Christian nation. Yes, I want the Bible back in school from the outside, because when you get into an official position, you can't say those things because that's not the official position of the government. So right. that's an important and distinction.
0: Kyle's a FBI whistleblower. Yes. Just in case you haven't heard of him yet. If you pay attention to Dan Bongino, you, you'll know who he is. um but he's come out it was a great that was one of my favorite parts of his interview
1: right yeah was very powerful lisa says andy when you speak you're very personable and relatable and it's easy to hear what you have to say so you'd make a great politician and an honest one Mm. thank you
0: thank you i appreciate that
1: if you do i'm good at social media branding memes what Carrie, Carrie,
0: what do you hold it back? Yeah. Send me some memes.
1: send us some memes. Andy's the big fan of memes. <laughs>
0: so I'm restricted on Facebook, mostly from memes. Can you believe that the, the thing that really got me uh, restricted the last time was uh, the OJ being chased by the uh, IRS, <laughs> IRS agents. That's, yeah, so that's it, false. It was it was false uh, information that uh, they restricted me for. In so case good. you didn't know that. But it was a
1: Babylon B spoof, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah.
0: I'm just going to share a little bit more. Max, I mean, he's really doing us a favor here by commenting with these amazing. Maybe we put them all together. It's a story. <laughs> the fox and the chihuahua. It really
1: takes a lot of time yeah. to do all of these little creatures. <laughs> There's a
0: button. You guys have no idea. There's way more.
1: Michael's saying Andy, Andy, Andy. I wonder what he's... Michael? Oh, that I
0: got in trouble on Facebook? Oh. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah that's You sound like my, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she said, Andy, Andy, Andy. Uh, okay lisa says i've
1: been restricted on facebook for nine months now oh yeah facebook jail
0: i've been on there a long time i got another 90 days oh run for office oh my gosh i don't know it's uh, gonna cause me some uh, a little bit later (laughs) eddie is my campaign manager i i I can only do what she tells me to do Uh, when i was presented with city council this time around uh uh very strong voice for not running uh because of everything and it was just uh late in the game too i, don't, I felt yeah, like yeah we was. don't
1: we don't run for things that we don't uh, that we expect we'll lose either right.
0: yeah and,
1: and that's was, a big of yeah. splitting of the vote cuz there was already a republican candidate
0: yeah god's timing for sure yes Thank you, Michael.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Michael. We got your back. <laughs> you said. get me
0: out of Facebook jail? You pay my fine? <laughs> I don't
1: think anybody can do that, not even Elon Musk.
0: Oh, there's a great discussion going on uh, with Rumble and uh, Elon Musk. It's, to free the, the
1: Iranians? Top. or
0: No, no, no. To, to buy Rumble
1: uh, and to take it
0: to where it, they just take it beyond.
1: Because I read an article about them trying to get him to open up the internet for Iran. Mm oh yeah that, that too was yeah
0: interesting yep uh you're gonna have to read this one
1: no i'm not reading this. <laughs> <laughs> it's Too embarrassing.
0: Oh, I to. all right uh anything else my love make sure and get that article spread oh i just i have a video that i just created today that's on my personal page but go actually go to the vote pyl vote that's a page vote pyl vote the uh you didn't
1: share it on your personal?
0: Uh, I did. I shared it okay. to my personal. Okay. But you could go there and find it. But I was just um just, in case they don't remember. just need people to share it because I am restricted so people don't see it right away. The last video that is very similar to this one but not not as um direct as this new one um got something like 600 views or something like that um but I know I don't know. even see it on my feed. Yeah. So if you guys could even if you're not interested I would appreciate it if you go to vote pyl vote uh, that's a, a page uh, of mine on Facebook. Um, it's also on YouTube. If you go to Andy, the Andy show.com. it's on YouTube. If you could share that video out so more people could see it, but I make the connection between all the teachers unions and what it is they're doing to destroy our kids. Um, I think it's an important one that parents need to see. It goes hand in hand with uh, Hetty's amazing article. And you'll see the difference. We got articulation in the Christian post and you got, you know, thumbs and toes attacking the teacher's union in my videos. It's a very <laughs> unique difference between the two of us. And I <laughs> pound on the table. which is but God has a... And I go, no! Uh, these morons! And then Hedy going, and then if we went to page uh, 32 of uh, Leviticus. <laughs> that's what makes us work. Yes. Lisa says,
1: Facebook's going to love me tomorrow between Hedia's article and your YouTube video. I can't <laughs> wait.
0: Awesome. And one more for Max amongst like 30 of these that are popping up. And everyone's a different character. Yes. How unique, how amazing that is. Max is amazing. I bet you he works for Fiverr. Anything else, my love? I think I'm good. What are we watching tonight?
1: This video. Oh. Of Lonnie Frisbee's life. Lonnie's coming out. His spirit is circling our house. And we need to figure out <laughs> like why. A fr- like a Frisbee. Yes. Well, that was Lou Ingle's dream. He has a dream that he's walking in the uh, on the beach. And he sees thousands of Frisbees. Like literal Frisbees in the air. And so he's like, that's what he believes. Is that there's this revival coming. Where people have this anointing for signs and miracles and 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 the lord says it in i can't remember if it's hosea where he says and your sons and daughters your uh your sons and daughters will prophesy Mm -hmm. in the last days the he raises a remnant that will see dreams and visions and your sons and daughters will prophesy Uh, uh
0: michael uh i put the link in the the comments i'll do it again and it's on the christian post so if for whatever reason, sometimes they do get blocked. I don't I don't know why that happens. I can't explain it. But again, Facebook's not a fan of God <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and some other shenanigans. Uh, but um, if, if it doesn't come up, Michael, you just go to ChristianPost.com. Christian, name. Is it Christian Post or the yeah. no, Christian Post? No. Yeah, Christian Post. Post. No, the ChristianPost.com. And you'll find it. In, and then type in Hedia, and all of our articles will come up. All right, my love. Uh, you want to tell them about uh, this amazing app?
1: Yes. Uh, and and please also, if you could like, share, subscribe, uh, it really blesses us. Hopefully it only takes a couple seconds of your time. And we're also on the Edify Christian Podcast Network, and we're one of their favorites. They recommend us out every week, and that's just been doing amazing things for this broadcast. So if you could download, subscribe, and then you don't have to actually watch them down there if you like to the interaction we love you guys being part of our family but if you could um like and subscribe it would truly be a blessing for us that's edify.app edify.app
0: awesome all right friends we'll god you. bless. god bless take care